1: G'day, guys. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We've got another series of questions in by you guys on my Instagram story the other day. Uh, we've got four questions here. I'm going to go through each of them. Some of them sort of compound into each other, but four really interesting questions to discuss. I'll we'll go through them now. This is the order that we will be answering them. And so the first question comes from O'Boyle Brandon says, If DCE were 25, are you signing him? Or Cleary? Very, very good question there. Uh, And then this one sort of rolls into that same thing. Paddy JB, if Cleary retired this year, where would he sit all time for sevens? A really interesting chat. Uh, Jack Ryan, double O, what chance do you give the Finns to make the eight next year? Very interesting. And Toddy G... Have you ever been into the league video games, mate? If so, what's the fave? All right, let's roll it back to those first few questions. So the first one comes from O'Boyle Brandon. says, if DCE were 25, you're signing him or Nath Cleary. Now, obviously, DCE in the back end of his career, I would argue he's played some of his best footy in the rep arena. He has been fantastic. I think he will be remembered as the guy to lead Queensland out of that unbelievable era of Slaters, Cronks, Thurston's, Smith, all these sort of legends. And I think the DCE has been invaluable to Queensland over the last years. I know it firsthand. I've watched him break my heart on numerous occasions. And he's taken on you know one of the best young halfbacks I've ever seen in Nathan Cleary, and he has played him under the table on a number of occasions for the Maroons. The reality is, though, when it comes to the Manly Seagulls, I'm just going to sort of get up their numbers, but my vibe is that he might have taken the Seagulls to finals twice uh, since being 25 i i I could be wrong there but that that would be my sort of um guess there and you know if they ever you know 2021 was probably the closest they were to winning a premiership i guess uh and you know didn't really end up firing a shot if we're being completely honest here um you know beat some teams in the finals like, like the roosters and whatnot that season but still wasn't Overly impressive, realistically. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, where do you sort of sit, DCE as a as a club footballer? It's it, it's a really interesting point. So, you have a look at twenty eleven. That was his first year. They obviously went on to win the premiership. So, when he was twenty five onwards, you're probably looking at. 2016 onwards, um, and he's what? He's taken... He 2017, they got to a qualifying final. 2018, they finished 15th. 2019, they were 6th. Uh, got to a semi-final, to be fair, there. Uh, 2020, 13th. 2021, uh, they got to a prelim final, but... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I just never really thought they were the real deal that year. Uh, then we get to 2022. They were 11th. And this year, out of the top eight as well. So... As good as DC has been, if you look at him, you know, from when he's, we know what his career looks like at 25 onwards. Um, you know, in the origin arena, he's been tremendous. There's no fucking doubt about that. But he is at that age where he should be dominating the big stages and the rep arenas and all that sort of stuff. So I would rather take the gamble on Nath Cleary. Um, and, you know, that'll probably upset people. And if you, if you said to me, just state of origin, well, you'd probably have to take DCE because you know DCE is going to do it. You know, you know he's going to perform on those stages. But as a whole, I would be more than happy to take the punt on Nath Cleary. Now, the argument is, well, hold on. Nathan Cleary's absolutely killed it in his first few years. He's been unbelievable, but so was DCE. You have a look. He had a premiership. Uh, he'd gone premiership, prelim, lost to grand final, and a semi final in his first four seasons. He also won Rookie of the Year. Uh, he was absolutely killing He had a Clive Churchill as well in that time. So you could – like, obviously, DCE had a fantastic start to his career, but still – Nathan Cleary's has been better, realistically. Um, you know, he's lost a grand final, same as what DCE did. DCE has won a grand final and, you know, closes has already won two, uh, potentially on his way to a third. So I think if I was to sign a player from 25 onwards, I know what the back end of DCE's career looks like and it is pretty fucking special. It is very good. He has missed finals on a number of occasions, though, realistically. Essentially, 50, well, more than 50% of the time, he misses finals. I feel pretty confident that Nath won't be that sort of guy. So I think I would probably have to take Nath Cleary. Uh, you don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm going to back him in to have a better finish to his career than what DCE has. So it would be Nath Cleary for me, but I can hear the arguments if you're taking DCE. And once again, if you want to narrow it straight down the state of origin, well, you obviously take DCE. There's no doubt about that whatsoever because you know that he's got the runs on the boards. You know what he's going to do. Whereas Nath Cleary, there is still that mystery around when's he going to start to dominate that rep arena? Is he going to dominate that rep arena? you know for a fact that DCE is. So really, really interesting there. But for me, guys, I would have to take Nathan Cleary. If I go back to when DCE was 25 or Nathan Cleary now, I am taking Nathan for sure. Now that rolls into our next question. If Cleary retired this year, where would you sit him all time for sevens? Really interesting. Now we always talk about Nathan Cleary, that he's on this path to something special. He's got a lot more boxes to tick off. And, and please listen to the words I'm saying. I'm so sick of people in the comments, you know, going, oh, you said he's going to be an immortal. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that Nath Cleary is on a path to absolute greatness if he keeps going at the rate that he is. Yeah, so he's got a lot more things to tick off. And, you know, I I I hear a lot of people that are anti-Cleary go, oh, you never talk about Origin. We talk about it all the fucking time. And once again, he has to dominate Origin. If he doesn't, you can't put him in that top tier. Yeah, but he is very young and he has got a lot more ahead of him. And as Kempi made the point the other day, you know, we all look at Andrew Johns and his unbelievable state of origin moment that elevates him above everyone else. He was 30 years old. So Nath Cleary's got a lot of time to get to that level and have moments like that. Did I think he would have done it already? Yes, I did. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I thought he would have done it by now. I, there's no denying that whatsoever. But he has still got a lot of time to go. But if Nath Cleary retired at the end of this season, and let's say absolute. Best case scenario. Absolute best case scenario. Nath Cleary retires at the end of this year with a third premiership in a row. And let's say he gets a second Clive Churchill. Okay, so that that puts him into pretty rare air, yeah? Now, three premiership in a row. He will be the first halfback to do it since Peter Sterling. Now, Peter Sterling is a guy... That many people argue he should be an immortal, yeah. So one of the greatest halfbacks we've ever seen, one of the greatest ball players we have ever seen, Sterlo. It'll also be the first team, first halfback in forty years, uh, to win three premierships. So that has to elevate you pretty high, yeah in my opinion, it has to elevate you very high. The other thing that I put a lot of emphasis on is a Clive Churchill medal. Now, for me, I and we spoke about it on Bloke and Abadja in the week, I think that we put all this emphasis on Dahlia medals and all this stuff, who's the best in the regular season, uh, but we don't put enough emphasis on who are the best guys when it actually fucking matters. You have a look at a 25, 27-round season, whatever it is, uh, on any NRL given season. A lot of the times when guys win Dahlia medals, they've played in probably five or six games that didn't really matter. and They're probably just beating up on an opposition that wasn't up to standard. For me, I think there should be more emphasis on performances in finals and performances on on grand final day. On the biggest stage of all, if you're the best player on the biggest stage when the most pressure is on, there's the most to lose, you should be elevated for that. And if Nate Cleary manages to win a second Clive Churchill medal, for me that really skips him up there. This is why I hold Brett Kenny in such high regard, and I would be more than happy to see him made an immortal because the Paramount Eels used to get to Grand Final Day every single fucking year and he'd be the best player on the park. So that like that has to be appreciated. This is why, you know, granted Joey, he's only got the the two premierships, but you have a look at You know, his performances in those two grand finals, he comes up with a match-winning play in 97, and then 2001, he is the Clive Churchill medalist. So on the biggest stages when the bright lights are on, he was fantastic. This is why I always think Cam Smith, granted he never won a Clive Churchill medal, but my God, he was, in in my opinion, he should have won a few Clives, but he was always in the top three players on the field every single time, even in games that they lost. You go back to that... Grand final that they lost against the Cronulla Sharks. Motherfucker made 70 tackles in that game. Like, just unbelievable stuff. And so, so for me, if you are the best player on the biggest stage when all the pressure is on and all the eyes are on you, that should elevate you. So if Nath does manage to win this grand final and get another Clive, and look, this is best case scenario. Not saying that's going to happen. So don't pull the car over and have a tantrum. That is best case scenario, yeah? That is the absolute peak of what could happen to Nate Cleary this year. And if he does that... Jesus! All of a sudden, three premierships, four grand finals, you know, two Clive Churchill medals—that that that starts to stack up. Especially in clubland, that's pretty impressive. Like that would mean that across a four-year span, you know, he won, you know, more premierships than what Andrew Johns did in his career. Yeah, that would mean that you know, a four-year span. Now, oh, oh, obviously, Cooper Cronk—I think he went to four grand finals in a row twice. You can bring in the salary cap and, and all those sort of arguments. That's fine, whatever. You have a look at Brad Fittler, for example. He went to four grand finals in five years, I think it was, 2000, 2002, 2003, 2004. He only won one of them. So, Nate Cleary could be the inverse of that, where he goes to four grand finals, not over five years, four grand finals in four years, and he only loses one of them, which is pretty fucking impressive. Who did he lose that to? Cameron Smith as well, when he was a little bit younger. Ever since then, he has just been so dominant. So, for me, I think that you would have to put Nate right up there. It, the point still stands. He has not dominated origin. He hasn't dominated. As I said, the biggest stages matter to me a lot. Yeah. And what Nathan has done in grand finals and everything puts him right up there with the top tier halfbacks, in my opinion. But what he's done in origin, yes, he might've won series, but he doesn't have that performance. He doesn't have that series that he's really taken ownership of yet. So as far as origin halves, I mean, just off my off the top of my dome, you would have Joey, you would have Freddie, you would have JT, you would have Kronk, you would have DCE, realistically, you know, you would have Sterling, you would have Alf, you would have, like, you would have Tommy Rodonis, you would have Steve, like, there are all these guys that you would have to still have in front of Nate Cleary when it comes to origin. And that's what holds him back on my list of greatest halfbacks ever because you probably can name 10 halfbacks that have done really well in clubland they've won a premiership or two they might not have won 3 and they might not have won 3 in a row but they've done enough in clubland between dally ms between clive churchills grand finals all this sort of stuff for what they've achieved in origin to really lift them up as well. And that's sort of what's holding Nath back at the moment. And you can look at numbers about how many uh, Origin series Nath has won compared to other halfbacks and go, yeah, no, it's sweet. But in my opinion, it's not. He does need to go to that another level at Origin. He does need to dominate that. And this is this is what makes it so hard when you're talking about the greatest players of all time. You have to be fucking brutal. It is not the sort of thing where you can be a little bit floaty and go, oh, well, maybe this or maybe that. No, you have to achieve it. You have to go to origin. You have to dominate it. Origin is all about the best of the best. And if you want to be considered one of the greatest of all time, you have to be the best of the best when you're around the best of the best and when you're taking on the best of the best. And at the end of the day, that is state of origin. That is grand finals. We know Nath can dominate grand finals. We've seen that. We know he can dominate final series. It's state of origin. That's the last thing Nath has to jump on. So in answer to your question, Paddy JB. If Clear retired this year, I would have him as a great seven. I'd have him as one of my favorite sevens to ever watch. And I think in Clubland, he'd be right up there with the best of them. But when you look at what he's achieved in the Origin Arena, that's what brings him down a little bit. Even Kangaroo's performances, that that's what brings him back to the crowd there a little bit. So he probably would be mid-range of all those great halfbacks simply because he hasn't dominated Origin. I think he will. I think his time will come. And when he does, that's where I think he's really going to jump ahead of all these guys. That's where I think he's going to really elevate himself into that absolute top tier. And the beauty of it is, you know, we're talking about Nath Cleary. Like, like I hear people talk about Nath Cleary, like his Origin career is almost done. Bro, it's just getting started. He's got so many years to come, it is not even funny. You think about when Joey had his, like, huge, huge moment. You know, he was 30 years old at that point. Nath what is he now, 25 years old? He's 25 years old. So he's five years away from being at that age where guys really dominate. And he could have three premierships in a row already. You know, like, it's just wild. The the structure this kid is on is just fucking insane. But he has to do it first. And that's the whole reality of this argument and everything, which we keep pointing out that people keep ignoring. He has to do it first. And there's no denying that. If he doesn't do it, tough shit. He misses all those greats and all that sort of stuff. But... At the moment, from what I'm seeing from Nate Cleary, I'm going to back him in to do it because he's in a fantastic system, which he has built. People don't like to give him credit for that. It's wild in really good systems sometimes, like the Melbourne Storm system. We go, ah, Cooper Cronk was just in a good team. It's like, oh, okay. Good teams don't have anything to do with the halfback all of a sudden. Goes to the Roosters. They all of a sudden win two premierships. Nothing to do with the halfback. They had a good halfback before that in Mitch Pierce had already won a premiership. The Cooper Cronk arrives, he suddenly wins too. Like, you have to give credit to guys for building what they've built. And Nath, four years ago, the end of 2019, I think he scores four tries. He kicks 10 goals in the last week of that season. No one had Penrith in their top eight the next year. No one did. All of a sudden, they're playing in a grand final, and now they've won two premierships in a row. So you have to give credit to the halfback. There's no argument that he steers the entire ship here. Like There's no argument against that. So you have to give him credit for that. But, yeah, if he retired today, I couldn't have him in that absolute top tier simply because he's missing the reps in the Origin Arena. Jack Ryan, 0000. What chance do you give the Finns to make the eight next year? I give them a really good sniff, eh? I, uh, I was listening to the Matty Johns' podcast the other day, and Matty Johns made a really good point about how he thinks that all these Queensland teams are in for good years. He reckons the Cowboys are going to bounce back. He thinks the Brisbane are going back into a really good era, obviously, which I agree with. Um, the Titans, they're, they're heading in the right direction as well. You know, the, the, they've got like key guys there that are just building year on year, and Des Hasler, he might just be the added layer that that team needs to take them to a final side. And then the Dolphins, they're still going to have wayne bennett they did incredibly well this year and i know that when you look at where they finish on the ladder okay they were bottom four bottom five whatever it was maybe that's exactly where we told you they'd all be but they're a lot better than that they finished fifth last yeah and you like they had a lot of injuries this year they had it pretty tough uh next year they get tom Flegler in they get herbie farmworth they get jake abrillo they get all these guys everyone's a little bit more experienced everyone knows what's going on at the dolphins everyone knows what their dna is I think the Dolphins are a really, really good shot to play finals footy next year. I think they'll be right up there. Um, obviously, the teams that are playing finals, well, that made the top eight this year, it's going to be hard for those teams to fall out because I think a lot of those teams will be very competitive still. Maybe the Canberra Raiders without Jack White, maybe they pull back to the pack a little bit. Uh, but everyone else I can—they, everyone else has the squad to play finals footy next year obviously you've got the Warriors that have sort of jumped up out of nowhere and you know we spoke about last year the Parramatta Eels the Cowboys the Sharks being the teams that jumped out out of nowhere last year and we said you know what it's really hard to stay at the top when you just make a huge play normally you, you regress back and you know we caught plenty for that in the preseason a lot of Eels and Cowboys fans got upset but I mean at the end of the day you're sitting in 10th and 11th and the Sharkies um, you finish 6th and you Went out finals week one So Those teams that went Prelim finals Grand finals Sort of out of nowhere They definitely all regressed this year Two of them didn't make the top eight. So that's sort of saying something. So it'll be interesting to see how the Warriors go next year. I think they are building something solid. So the Warriors and the Newcastle Knights, I think they're all building something solid, uh, but they are two teams that have sort of jumped up out of nowhere. And then you have got teams like the Rabbitohs, the Eels, the Cowboys, the Seagulls, the Dolphins, all these really competitive sides who, if they have a good injury run and they all stay fit and they're playing good footy, they should play finals footy as well. So it is going to be interesting, but I, I do think the Dolphins are a serious chance to make it. It's going to probably Wayne, be Wayne Bennett's last year of coaching in the NRL, uh, which, you know, there'll be a lot of emotion around that as well. And I'm sure Wayne, he'll have plans to go out with a bang. So, yeah, I give the Dolphins every chance to play finals footy next year. Great question there. Uh, Toddy G, have you ever been into the league video games, mate? If so, what's the favourite? I'm not a huge gamer, to be honest with you, mate. I don't really play many games. I've got a PlayStation and stuff, but I very rarely use it. Um, For me, I was... I was sort of like starting high school around that mark when the um, when the original Rugby League game came out on PlayStation, uh, and I absolutely loved that one. I think it was just called Rugby League. Uh, and then they brought out Rugby League 2 and whatnot. But uh, for me, mate, I'll probably always just love that original one. It was a shit fight, yeah? A complete and utter shit fight. Uh, the players... <laughs> very slightly looked like who they were meant to look like. Um, the controls for it were a little bit all over the place, but it is sort of got that nostalgic sort of feeling for me every time I play it. Um, you don't really see many of those around anymore. I've actually got one. I've got a, uh, I've got a uh, holiday house down the south coast where we've got a PlayStation Two, and I've actually got the original Rugby League game. So I always chuck it on and have a little spin. I think it's got probably the best intro of all time. I think it was two thousand three, two thousand four that came out. So it's got the, um, it's got the that. That's my team, and it's got the song at the start. It's unreal. There's like a cheat that you can do on it uh, where you type in Darren Unlockier, and it just unlocks everything in the game in a heartbeat so some pretty cool shit like that and some of the great players are in that game as well like your Freddies your Joeys your Lockiers. Um, it, it really is cool it's got the Super League team it's got the NRL team so there's a lot of champions over there in the Super League at the time too uh, I really really love that game I think it's unreal after that to be honest with you I'm very much so stick with an OG game and, and I run with that I'm not a guy to go out and buy new games every year even when, when I was like a teenager and stuff I was never really like that uh, so for me i always played the rugby league game all the time uh and even like it was really only the league game that i played it and and madden that i played and i uh the madden game i always had the same one that i always played which i think was oh seven i think it was the michael vick version of madden let me get that up and make sure uh that was my favorite one of all time absolutely loved it and yeah as i said not really a gamer though to be honest with you guys um so, yeah, probably not the best person to ask. Uh, sorry, Madden 2004 was the Michael Vick one. I used to fucking hammer that. So, yeah, I sort of had the Rugby League game from 03 or 04 and the Madden game from 04 and just used to absolutely demolish those games. So, But, yeah, look, all the new ones that have come out, Rugby League Live and all that, I've seen them. I've played them occasionally. I've got um, little cousins and stuff that play them and enjoy them. Just not really for me. But in saying that, guys, I really don't play any sort of computer games or any games, really. I like to play an occasional game of Madden with mates and what's not, but I'm pretty shit at it, so I normally spit the dummy pretty fucking quickly. But, yeah, it's pretty cool to see all these rugby league games and how far they've come. Because uh, looking back now, that that original rugby league game that I used to play the house down on, uh, it was an absolute shit fight. It really was. But uh, yeah, it's sort of got that nostalgic feeling for me. I'm sure if you sat people like kids down now and made them play that game, uh, they would just have no idea. There used to be the old like run into your end goals and if you track on the dead, the dead ball line far enough, uh, you'd get an advantage. You used to play... So they, they they used to get a rating for speed and tackle break. So you used to play. I remember I was used to uh, whenever I was building a team, I used to get Reese Wester, and you'd put him in at hooker, uh, and you'd just scoop from dummy half all the time, and and he was just untouchable. He'd break tackles. He was lightning quick. There was guys. There were certain guys in that game who were just so hard to handle. Anthony Minicello, Reese Wester, Scott Donald, uh, Matty Bowen was very good in that game. So. There was a lot of guys that you would just take the speed 9 out of 10 and you chuck him in at dummy half at 5 out at halfback just so they were close to the ball and you'd be able to create something. Matt Utah was another maniac in that game as well. He, he was a great dummy half to have as well. So, yeah, good times to look back on that sort of shit. If you haven't played the original rugby league game, see if you can find it somewhere and have a crack at it. Quite an experience, uh, but be prepared to uh, be very, very frustrated with how it all uh, plays out. Some of the greatest commentary of all time from Vossi as well. Uh, absolutely love some of his commentary on that. Uh, three letters, four points. Uh, there, were, there were so many, so many absolute uh, crackers from that. So, yeah, very, very good question. I, I, I like looking back on that, Toddy G. Shout out to you. Guys, uh, I'm obviously up in Queensland for a wedding over the next few days. Shout out to uh, Cookie and Ashley getting married The Saf afternoon actually Uh, so we'll see how much time we have for podcasts throughout the day and whatnot we'll hopefully find some for you uh, but we should be back in the full swing Friday Saturday uh, for all those games this weekend